This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I, I have a question for you, though, Rome. How do you watch all these sports? How do you have time to really watch the football games? Like, you watch everything. You can't see everything. But you want to work harder than the next guy, and you want to do it to the best of your ability. And that's just the way I always approached it. Do you plan on going to any of the games out in L.A.? That's you know that's kind of a tough thing. They'll put you in a suite. You're good, man. I know you're tight with magic. Hit them up. <laughs> they probably let me bat leadoff. Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. What's going on? Podcast Tuesday. And this is Episode 10. And as I've talked about in the past, this podcast is going to continue to change, it's going to evolve, and we are going to try new things. Now, a number of the early episodes have been double booked. We've had two guests, but there are certain guests who really do deserve their own episode altogether. Now, don't get this twisted. Rare is the person who can carry the day by himself or herself, especially a young athlete or a young artist. But today's guest is a very different cat who can not only carry an episode by himself, but leave you wanting even more even after 30 minutes. I'm talking about Tampa Bay Rays ace Chris Archer, a guy who comes in and proves why he'll have a long career in broadcasting once his playing days are over, when he breaks down the World Series for us, you'll see, but who also was extremely candid and open in discussing his amazing childhood and his journey to the bigs. I started this podcast for conversations like this one, conversations that I could never have in a 10 to 12 minute radio segment. So clear the deck, pot up, episode 10 starts right after this message from Ferguson. Ferguson is the nation's largest distributor of plumbing products, but their playbook goes much deeper than just plumbing. Pros know to depend on Ferguson for the very best in waterworks, HVAC, commercial mechanical, builder and facilities maintenance products and solutions. Ferguson has over 20,000 knowledgeable associates, and they're always working for you. You combine that with Ferguson's 1,400 locations and 24-7 online ordering, and you will always have the home team advantage. See why the pros pick Ferguson at ferguson.com today. That's ferguson.com. All right, then. For everybody listening who cannot wait to get to the other side of this voicemail tape as much as me. Trust me, I feel you. I hate this thing too. So what do you say we just rip the Band-Aid right off and get it over with because I've got this amazing conversation with Chris Archer that I cannot wait to get to and all that's standing in the way of that is this stupid little red blinking light. You have 15 new messages. First new message. Wrong, JP Riverside here. Damn, dude, I'm watching this Celtics-Cavs game, and Hayward's leg just snapped, dude. The only thing I can think of is, it snapped like that, and he wasn't even crying like a bitch like Odell Beckham was when he rolled his ankle. Poor guy, though. Message deleted. Next message. Romy, talk about a night for Cali. Anthony here in Claremont just rolled up the celebratory fatty boom batty that I'm about to huff down. The Dodgers win the pennant. 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 
The Dodgers win the pennant. Message saved. Next message. Romer, all I gotta say is, your LA Dodgers just curb stomped my Chicago Cubs, and I still can't even watch your sh- or listen to your show. Holy shit, I can't even talk. Yeah, I'm drunk. Message deleted. Next message. Romy, this is Jeff from San Antonio. I-, I tried calling the show, but that crow guy wouldn't let me on, and you pulled my ticket. Why? 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 Message deleted. Next message. Yo, Rome, this is Yankee hater. Yankees lose. Yankees lose. Ah, Yankees lose. Message deleted. Next message. Jimmy Jams, this is Brian in Nampa, just hanging out at the fire station, listening to some Johnny Gomes. Got to send a lot of love to that guy. And uh, the boys here at the fire station appreciate what he's doing. And uh, we love listening to you and can't wait to see you January 2nd on the big screen. Message saved. Next message. Van Smack. It's Mike in Buffalo. I got a feeling. Buffalo's going to the Super Bowl. Message deleted. Next message. Oh, Aaron, my darling. If I could give you my collarbone so you could play again, I would. This offense ain't shit without you. It sucks, man. Message saved. Next message. Hey, what's up, Jim Room? I can't even put this in the words, man, right now, dude. Three in a row for my Chargers right now, dude. Three in a row. Charger fans since 93, dude. Since the freaking Stan Humphrey days, man. <sighs> I just... I love it, man. It's it's awesome. It's an awesome feeling to be a Charger fan right now, dude. Love the new podcast. Can't wait to see you on TV, man. Message saved. Next message. <laughs> Jim, this is Carl and Rosemead. <coughs> I'm just sitting here with a boner in my sweat. Message deleted. Next message. Yeah, Jimmy, I got one quick take, and it's for Alonzo Ball. Man up and tell your father to shut the hell up and get out of the limelight. You only have one shot at an NBA career, and this man is going to get you so brutally beat up this year that it may just ruin your career, period. Message saved. Next message. Romy. This is Jack Nicholson. When I get my shoes shined, I gotta take the guy's word for it, huh? Message deleted. Next message. Jim, Bacon from uh, Wisconsin. Show spectacular. Podcast incredible. New simulcast out of this world. Former Marine buddy, Semper Fi, good work. Message saved. Next message. Hi, Dan Smag. This is Nikki in San Antonio. Just want to say I love you so much. You're my freaking awesome man crush on the radio. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim. It's Scott Stapp. The World Series starts today. Let's play ball. It's game day. We won't strike out. Face it, Stobo, please. Message deleted. You have no more messages. So where the hell do I even start? Nikki, thank you very much for the kind words. Brian and Napa, great work up there. Bacon in Wisconsin, nice job. Hell, thanks to all of you who tried to give me an actual take in that voicemail. 
However crappy many of them ended up, at least you tried. The rest of you kooks, you have to do better. Hey, JP, I'm glad that Gordon Hayward is man enough for you and that he wasn't, quote, crying like a bitch. Your words, not mine, like Odell Beckham. Look, I want to kill this thing so badly I can taste it. I want to take a sledgehammer to that stupid blinking red light that keeps coming and coming and coming. It's like this voicemail is like the freaking Terminator. I'm afraid if I kill it, two more will come back. Believe me, I will figure this thing out. You know I will. Enjoy it while it lasts, kooks. Because after this week, I don't see how this thing lives to see even one more. Now, if you travel for business, you know it's a game of wins and losses. Popping open an overhead bin and finding it empty, win. Sleeping through a wake-up call, that's a loss. Buying your business trip at Upside.com, well, that's not just a win, it's a triple win. Number one is, Upside has the absolute best available prices for flights, hotel, and rental cars. Win number two is that Upside will reward you with a gift card to places like Amazon.com every time you buy a business trip. And number three is the amazing six-star treatment that you'll get from Upside's customer service specialist, who they call Navigate. One recent Upside customer was called away for an emergency meeting and had to miss his wife's birthday. So a navigator sent her flowers to try to help ease the disappointment. That's pretty cool, right? And I'm going to start your Upside six-star treatment right now. Go to Upside.com right now and use my code ROAM and you will get a minimum $100 gift card to Amazon.com. That's code ROAM and get a minimum $100 gift card to Amazon.com when you buy your next business trip at Upside.com. Upside.com. You deserve a better business trip. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. As absolutely garbage as your voicemails were, this conversation with Chris Archer is pure gold. And from the moment I sat down to speak with him, I knew this was not going to be just an interview, but rather a great conversation. And then it would morph from being a great conversation to just a couple of dudes shooting the shit. And that's exactly what that is. They pay me to be objective and impartial and fair, and I never play favorites, but Chris Archer is one of my all-time favorites. Had to go a few nights without any baseball in the tube. How's that gone for you? How you holding up? It's tough, you know. We uh we have 162 games in in six months, so I get baseball every day. Even when we have an off day during the season, I still can get my fix by watching somebody else around the league. But right now, there's absolutely zero baseball. Um, don't get me wrong. Uh, I like football a little bit, and I keep up with what with what the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing. But, uh, man, I, I need baseball ASAP. I know you'd much rather be playing in these games than breaking down somebody else's effort, but let me get your thoughts on Astros and Dodgers. First time since 1970, two 100-win teams have met in the World Series. Who do you think has the edge, and ultimately what is this series going to come down to? I don't know who has a better chance of winning, but it would be really nice to see Houston do it. Um, and not for any personal reasons, but simply because they had like two or three years in a row where they lost 100 games and the ownership and the management kept telling the fans, hey, we're going to do this. We're, we're going we're gonna to turn this team around. We're going to have all our young guys play now. Dallas Keuchel, when he was making league minimum, and Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, we're going to have all these guys. They're going to make league minimum. Our payroll is going to be super low. It was like, I think it was like down in the 20s. It was, it was borderline embarrassing what they were doing, but the ownership said, give us some time, and when we need to, we'll put the pieces together that we need to win the championship or have a championship-caliber team. And that's what they did. They went out and signed Beltron, McCann, and Josh Reddick 
for the veteran leadership. They made a deadline deal August 31st and picked up Verlander. These these acquisitions, along with the youth that they have, is why they are there. And for me, coming from an organization who is more homegrown and goes through winning and losing phases, I think it would be cooler to see those guys win. And on top of that, everything that happened with Hurricane Harvey, uh, you know, it's easy to forget what happened to them just a few months ago, especially with everything that's happened in Puerto Rico and, and other parts of South Florida uh, and with, with all the tragedy that's been going on in the United States. But that city was affected greatly. Those guys are playing to keep that city happy and bring a championship to those fans there. You know, Chris, there's nothing like October baseball, and you pitched in a couple of games in the 2013 ALDS, so you can speak to this. John Smoltz was saying during the ALCS that if you throw 95, you feel like you can throw 105 in the playoffs. Is that how it felt to you? Oh, yeah. Everything plays up. It's like you get that extra injection of of adrenaline. Uh, You have it throughout the season. Um, it It can get somewhat mundane, somewhat monotonous. Yes, it's the game that we love. But, you know, all the traveling, it, it starts to wear on you towards the end of the season. And then uh, when you're in it, those last couple weeks in September, you get, you get this jolt of adrenaline and uh, everything starts to play up. And you can really see that with the primetime type players, like what Justin Verlander has done the past couple games and, and what uh, the whole Houston Astros team and the Dodgers team. I mean, they got guys like Justin Turner just really turning it up. Kershaw's looked great his past few outings. So, yeah, everything turns up slightly, and some people can channel that into more of a positive outcome and, and some guys that can overwhelm, uh, especially if you're young, like Severino in the wild card game. I think the atmosphere kind of got to him a little bit and he was trying to do a little bit too much. And whenever you start to feel that adrenaline, sometimes you have to pump the brakes a little bit and know, hey, my stuff's going to be there. It's, it's going to play up. I don't have to try any harder. This shot of adrenaline is going gonna, is gonna to get me through. Because, you know, everybody's out there playing a little bit banged up. We started training camp in in february like february 12th we went down there and spring training was extra long because we had the world baseball classic which usa won you know not you know i'm not trying to brag but usa won my point is guys have been going for almost eight and a half months now so everybody's out there hanging a little bit but that extra shot of adrenaline it can be a game changer certainly you're extremely self-aware and you're always looking to improve both on and off the field and you told me something very interesting when you and I spoke earlier in the season, that you can't afford to be Mr. Nice Guy anymore, that you've got to be fearless and relentless when it comes to your craft, whatever that craft might be, regardless of how many people that might piss off. But the thing, Chris, is you are Mr. Nice Guy pretty much to everybody. So what was it like this year, stepping between those lines with that mindset? Did it pay off? I think it did. And, you know, sometimes the overall statistics can be a little bit misleading, Baseball is such a process-oriented game. I've told kids this. I'm like, don't define yourself by win-loss, ERA, none of your statistics. They don't make you who you are. The work that you put in and how you handle yourself in each moment defines and determines who you are. Adversity actually reveals more of who you are than success. And I had some ups and downs. The month of September was really rough for me, but I finished on a strong note. Baseball is such an interesting game. Uh, we play all these teams over and over and over, and we happen to play in a very tough division. My second-to-last start was against Baltimore. They handed it to me, dude. Uh, they, they, they smacked me around. I took it on the chin, and I knew five days later I was going to face the same exact team, same exact lineup. And just to be mentally strong through, through the ups and downs, I was able to go five scoreless and get the win on that last day of the season, or next last day of the season against a team that just scored six or seven runs 
off of me. Um, and it felt really good, man. So I like to find myself off situations like that rather than the overall line, overall statistics. Um, and I think this year was a better year than last year. Still not my greatest. Still expect so much more out of myself. But I finished the season strong, finished the season healthy on a high point, on a high note. Already looking forward to getting after it here pretty soon in the gym. Now, you tweeted recently, baseball is more fun when players show emotion. Personally, I couldn't agree with that more. So where does that leave us, Chris? Is it time to revisit the code? Is it time to rewrite baseball's unwritten rules? What do you mean by that? I think right now the game is rewriting itself. To go back to the World Baseball Classic, we saw the passion that the Latin American countries showed. And I think that rubbed off on, on us over on the U.S. just to show that the game's fun. Yeah, it's a job, and we're out there, and we have to do it every single day, but it's a game. It's the same game that we've been playing since we were 10 years old. And some of my most, my greatest memories from baseball, whenever I was younger, just having fun with the boys, playing summer ball, um, and it means something, but you just got to remember it's a game. And I, like I said, I think the game is rewriting itself to a certain degree because uh, guys are having fun. Guys are, you know, if they if they get a big out, they show show emotion. If they hit a big homer, they show emotion. And every play right now is big in the playoffs. So, you know, Yasiel Fleet sliding into third base, you know, doing his little head shake tongue thing. Like, people like that. The only bad thing is sometimes you can get ridiculed and get some scrutiny for that if you are struggling a little. But when you're playing well, like nobody cares. The only thing is basically being the same person whenever times are tough. But for me, I want guys to show emotion. And, you know, I've had somewhat of an issue with it in the past because I was a little too uptight myself. But it's a game, man. And everybody is out there trying to have fun. And like we've witnessed, the fans enjoy it more when players show emotion. We show that we care. We show that it means something. I, I have a question for you, though, Roma. How do you watch all these sports? How do you have time to really watch the football games? Like, you watch everything. How do you have time to keep up with everything? Oh, I like that, though, dude. That was great the way you did that, man. That was a nice, sweet pivot, the way you turned that thing into a question <laughs> to me. The answer is, you know, I, I work pretty hard at it, and they pay me to watch games, and it's the most amazing job ever. And as you might imagine, as somebody who appreciates the talents and blessings you have, I, I'm really appreciative of what I have, and I don't want to lose it. The fact of the matter is, there's only 24 hours in a day. I've got a couple of kids. I'm a family guy. But I work at it pretty hard, and I watch as much as I possibly can, and I've got a very good staff around me. You can't see everything, but you, you want to work harder than the next guy, and you want to do it to the best of your ability. And that's just the way I always approached it. Do you plan on going to any of the games out in L.A., any of the World Series games? That's you know that's kind of a tough thing. This is the issue I've always had with going to the games because I have to know a lot of things about a lot of things. When I go to a game, that's you know essentially in Los Angeles too. If you go to a three-hour game, there's a there's a five-hour turnaround right there. So if I'm locked in for yeah. five hours, it's tough for me to cover the other things. And since my show is national in scope, I'm supposed to talk about a lot of things to 200 plus stations. They'll put you in a suite. You can have multiple TVs on different stations. You're good, man. I know you're tight with magic. Hit him up. <laughs> They'd probably let me bat leadoff. Seriously. They'd probably let Seriously. me bat leadoff. So, but yeah, that's okay. that's always the challenge. It's I have to be really wise with my use of time. That right. that's always kind right. of the issue. But you you try to get to as many things as you possibly can. Sounds to me like you're setting this thing up. Like for when you're done, I think Chris, you're gonna have a lot of opportunities, but broadcasting, based on what the conversations you and I have had in the past, this is something that interests you, isn't it? Oh, totally, totally. Just leave an internship open for me. In 10 years, 15 years when I'm done playing, just leave an internship open for me. I'll run the mail. I'll work my way all the way up, man. Just give me all the all the, all the the side work. I'll take care of it, and I'll, I'll prove to you that 
I want to be sitting next to you one day in the in the radio booth or whatever studio you're in. I want to be sitting next to you talking at least baseball. Maybe not all the other sports, but talking at least baseball. You don't need to have an internship. I think you've already kind of worked that internship. You keep doing what you're doing, but you have to approach it the same way. You need to compete. You need to prepare. And you need to have a passion yes, for it. As long as you attack it like that, you're going to be just fine. You've always been like that. Yeah, it's the little bit of work that I've done uh, with some other media channels. It's, it's work. Um, it's it's the same amount of time as whenever I'm at the ballpark, like just covering one game. You have to get there early. You do a pregame show. You have to watch the game intently, and then you have a postgame show that comes on late. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into it. I have a newfound respect for everybody working in the industry, just, just going through it myself. Ours is a little bit more physically daunting, but you guys are are equally – drained mentally at the end of the day man i can't even imagine how you can juggle having a family to go along with this mentally demanding job can i tell you it's it's really interesting you point that out because then the guys who come to work for me oftentimes have not put in the hours that i've always put in and then they've got a family and they've got young kids and i want to say to these guys listen i want you to have a good life balance i want you family's the thing. Family has to always be number one, but at the same time, we're not eight to five types. We're going to get up early. We're going to stay up late. We're going to grind. You got to find a way to balance it. I mean, that's always the challenge. You know, Chris, you mentioned family. I would argue that as amazing as your life on the field is, I could even argue it may be more fascinating off it. And I say this because your parents adopted you when you were two. And then growing up, the girl who you thought was your sister was actually your biological mm-hmm. mother. So you were actually yes, raised by Ron and Donna Archer, who were your grandparents. And at what point in your life did you become aware of your family dynamic? And what was it like to grow up like that? It's, it's strange, man, because um, when, when you're a child, you really do not see color. And that's, that's the biggest thing that stands out now uh, for me. I just look back and I'm like, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old, like, I didn't think there was any difference between my parents and I. Um, and then once you get to elementary school, uh, and especially middle school, people start asking you questions that you really can't answer, and it kind of changes, it can change your outlook outlook, and your the how you're perceiving things. Um, so then I started asking myself a lot of questions. I never really asked my parents anything. I kind of just pieced it together. Because my life was awesome, Jim. Like, I've told you about my dad before. My mom is equally as special of a person. And there's really nothing more I could ask for. So I never wanted to make my parents feel uncomfortable having such a different upbringing. Because it was my, it was basically my, my grandparents on my biological mother's side. And they were both white. So blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, you have a obviously a biracial child. Um, my hair is different. My eyes are different. My skin color is different. But I didn't really see it until I was a little bit older and people pointed it out to me. And that's the beauty of life. Um, with everything that's going on in this world and um, the hatred that there, that there is and, and how, you know, the social injustice that still exists, there's, there's one reason to have hope. And that reason is because we're not born to see things that way. And if we can, if we can bring society back to more of a primitive state, as far as that goes, we're not looking at skin color. Like we literally don't see color on, on that spectrum. Uh, I think we're going to be in such a better place. And I know it's tough right now with everything going on. Um, There's just, 
it's, I don't even really want to get into all the specifics, but everybody that's listening right now knows what I'm talking about. And Jim, you're, you're aware, you know, and uh, I think that's the one reason to have hope because when we're born, hatred is something that is ingrained to you at a young age, but you are not born with hate in you. You're born with only love and optimism. Uh, the world puts that hate on you. So I think if we can get back to more of a, more of a primitive state as far as that mentality goes, we're going to be in a much better place. I know exactly what you're talking about, Chris. And you've spoken about how important it is to have that name Archer on your back that you're oh, yes, going to sir. quote, yes, rep sir. that name Archer until I die. That's a quote. Really powerful. Lay that out for us. Why is that so important to you? Well, because Ron Archer is technically my step-grandfather. Um, my grandmother was remarried and had had a had Sonia, who was my biological mother, with a different man uh, who I've never met. Don't want to meet him. Don't care to meet him. Um, but Ron Archer is my is my step grandfather. So Archer shouldn't even be my last name. My last name should be something else. It doesn't matter whatever 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 religion or spiritual thing that people believe in. There's a reason that Archer was given to me. That name Archer was given to me. I don't know that exact reason, but I'm so thankful. Um, I know that I'm blessed, regardless of what your religious, uh, I guess, affiliation is. There is a reason for it, and I don't want to ask too many questions. I just want to, I want to represent that name and carry on that legacy of who Ron Archer, the person who raised me, is because he's such a special person. I tell people all the time, like they they look up to athletes um, and they they look up to entertainers. I'm like, look, guys, like look close to you like who are the most influential people in your life and i'm not saying that it's not everybody's father um it could be a teacher it could be a doctor in the community um but for me it was my dad and he is the most influential person in my life for so many reasons he's the most selfless human being on this earth um for raising a a, a grandchild that is not even blood related to him um i want to i want to give the world what he gave me and uh, maybe I impact one person, maybe I impact 100,000 lives, but uh, regardless, I want to I continue that Archer legacy forever. Um, so that's really the reason why I'm, you know, I, I want to do everything and I want to wear this name on my back for as long as I possibly can. If you could change anything at all, would you? No, I think the way that my life has played itself out it, it, it was perfect because I did get curious whenever I was in my early 20s. And, I, you know, it, it wasn't as hard to find out who my biological father was um, as I thought it was whenever I was young. Um, so, you know, he lived 30 minutes away my entire life, never reached out. Thankfully, he never reached out. But I finally got very, very curious whenever I was making that transition pretty much from boyhood to manhood. You know, 22, 23 years old, a lot changes in your life. And I just wanted some answers, and I met with uh, I met with him one time, um, got his version of the story, and uh, and I was good with it. I was at peace. And there's nothing, you know. I know Ray Lewis has rekindled a relationship with his biological father, and you hear about those things, but I, I really have no desire to do that. I just wanted to his, give him the opportunity to tell me his version of the story, um, see what type of person he is, and from the information that I gathered from that one sit down. I couldn't ask for anything better. Honestly, like Jim, you've heard me go on these, these tangents about my father, and, uh, and I'm so blessed that Ron Archer and Donna Archer were the two people who raised me over anyone else. They're really amazing people. They are.
You know, you you and I have talked before. You're a voracious reader. You and I have spoken about the book, The Alchemist, and the impact it had on you. I haven't touched base with you in a while. What about your reading list? Have you got another book or two that might have had a great impact on you that you would recommend, or are you reading anything right now? Uh, right this moment, I'm not reading anything right now. I read a few books during the year, but there is one very, very interesting book, uh, actually two, that I'll recommend to people just for kind of perspective on on sports. One of them's called 40 Acres. It's a fiction book. I don't read a whole lot of fiction, but it is great. Uh, mind opening. You have you, you can't read it with a closed mind, but it's, it's very mind opening and it keeps you engaged. It reads a lot like science fiction. Uh, every two to three pages is is a new chapter. Um, and the other one is $40 million slaves. Um, a basketball player and a writer got together and wrote about how athletes are a lot like, and, and don't, don't get it twisted, Jim. Like we get paid a ton and life is good. No complaints, but how this, how systematic sports can be sometimes. Um, it can be a lot like back in the day, you know, when there's, a couple owners on the plantation and how how people can not really know their role in the whole scheme of things. Um, it's, it's just a great read. It's a different perspective of how it's still work for everybody. No matter how many millions of dollars you're making, um, you're still working for someone. And it really just encouraged me to start being more business-minded and wanting to own things for myself and give people that are similar to me uh, business opportunities. And that's that's down the road. But it's called $40 Million Slaves, and it's, it's a great read. Do you know what? I know that book. I've not read that book, Chris, but I know that author pretty okay. well, Bill Roden. He's great. He's one of my favorites. He's really a brilliant guy. I love this story. When you first joined the Rays, the team psychologist, I believe, was blown away by your intellect and your thought process, so much so that he asked you, what Ivy League school did you yeah. attend? What did you tell him? Uh, I kind of laughed because I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, you know, it's cool that not every educated person um, or articulate person has to be Ivy League. Of course, um, we have so many opportunities here, right in front of us, to educate ourselves and and be able to at least hold a conversation with those Ivy League people or be considered in the same class as those Ivy League students. Um, but it was it was a huge compliment. It was just more funny to me because um, I haven't done any traditional schooling in in over eleven years. I graduated high school in two thousand six, so it was it was a compliment to the people who always encouraged me to uh, be self-educated um, and be articulate. Because I told, I told a lot of my friends whenever I was younger, we, we would just talk about our goals. And I said, I want to be the face of an organization. I want to be the face of a franchise, Major League franchise. And I feel like that has come to fruition. But one thing that they encouraged me to do for that to happen was to read. Um, and you don't necessarily have to read history and, and know mathematics and know all those school topics, but... Just be able to handle yourself in a conversation, be a thinker, be open-minded, and it's, it's served me well, and I encourage, it doesn't matter how old you are, you don't have to be 12, 15, 17, you can be 40, you can read your first book, and you can grow right now, and I encourage everybody to do that, because it's going to reap rewards, maybe not, maybe not monetarily, but it's going to carry you much further in life, being open-minded and be able, being able to articulate your feelings and yourself. With other, with other people. Well, the fact of the matter is, you could have gone to Miami. You gave considerable thought to that. And the funny thing was, when this guy asked you, which Ivy League school did you go to, I'm sure you chuckled. Didn't you hit him with, I went to the University of Life? Yeah, seriously. Um, life experience 
is really the the best teacher. There's nothing that can prepare you like life. Like somebody jumping across the table at you after you call them the wrong name like three or four times. Like nothing can prepare you for that, Jim. I know uh, you know uh, better than anybody. Let's be clear about this. He knocked the table over. He did not jump across the table, and he oh, didn't okay. crack bad, me. He spilled a little coffee on me. No, you're exactly right. You get you you had you cannot be prepared for what life hits you with. You just got to show up. You just got to show up, and you wait and yeah. see, right? You know, you can handle adversity so much better after you've already experienced it. And that's the beautiful thing that uh, baseball's taught me. Uh, it's taught me patience. Um, I want to win. I want to win a World Series. I want to win a Cy Young. As soon as I got drafted, I wanted to be in the big leagues immediately, and I want to be an all-star, and I wanted all these things, but it takes time. I don't know if, if we've ever talked about this before. I think we have, but uh, one of my favorite quotes is, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Mm. Um, so people think that you were born – with your ability to to soak up these, this information and carry on conversations and engage people. But, Jim, that's something that you've been working on your whole life. At, just like me with baseball, like, I didn't just get good two years ago. I spent, you know, most of my high school career, uh, most of my high school years uh, focusing on baseball, and I spent uh, six and a half years in the minor leagues strictly focusing on baseball nothing else. Um, and I'm still trying to get better to this day. So uh, 10 years, you know, that's that's somewhat of an understatement because I haven't reached my full potential as a baseball player. Um, I think I'm very, very close, and I want to display that with um, a World Series, World Series ring, World Series trophy, and a Cy Young soon. Um, but I know that patience is my biggest attribute right now from the game of baseball. In today's digital business world, the face-to-face meeting still matters, but you can skip the noisy coffee shops and expensive hotel conference rooms and simply book a DaVinci meeting room. DaVinci provides instant access to over 5,000 incredibly affordable meeting rooms in well-known office locations in every city, and they make it so easy. Just search, book, and meet. Your DaVinci meeting room comes fully staffed and equipped with all the latest tech plus high-speed internet. Whether you need a day office or a conference room, a boardroom or a training room, DaVinci has exactly what you need to make your next business meeting a complete success. Book your space right now at davincimeeting.com slash Rome, and the first hour is on them. That's davincimeeting.com slash Rome. They pay for the first hour. Terms and conditions do apply. For details, see davincimeeting.com slash Rome. Where are you holding your next meeting? Bam! How about that? Just like that, 10 episodes in the bank. We are now officially into double digits with this thing, and honestly, I could not have drawn this up any better. Check the guest list. Aaron Rodgers, Polly Malinaji, Bob Costas, Adam Carolla, Oscar De La Hoya, Lamar Jackson, Dirk Nowitzki, William McGinnis, Bob Myers, Kevin Frazier, Damian Lillard, Brian Koppelman, Harvey Levin, Kurt Warner, Ike Taylor, Bill Cowher, Kevin Millar, and now Chris Archer. Listen, I don't say that to flex. I say that so you know there is a ton of other conversations for you to get to if you haven't already. So go check out the other nine episodes, subscribe so you don't miss a thing, and leave a review if you can. I really do appreciate your support. If you want to hit me directly about this episode, I'm on Twitter at Jim Rome. Also, tag Chris in that tweet too. His handle is at ChrisArcher22. As always, thank you so much for listening. I will catch you right back here on the 31st for episode 11. Until then, I'm out.